tell your friends, the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Radio.fm, the Mark and Max show, Friday edition, and... Mark and I were just yammering on off the air about <laughs> driving cars till the wheels come off, you know? But you know, Mark, right. there's one thing I want to add. I, even though I'm a proponent of doing that, okay? Yeah. I believe that every family should have one fairly new car. I know mm. that a lot of us are driving cars that are 10 years old or more now. Right. Uh, latest research is showing that because, and the reality, the technology hasn't changed that much in terms of the cars most of us buy. Now, right, yeah. the upper level ones, yeah, I mean... I saw a car the other day that I think it came with Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons, you know? <laughs> so those are pretty cool, but they run $100,000. Oh, I'm yeah. not paying that for a car. Right, me But either. anyway, I do think every family should have at least one car that they, you know, have to keep up. That They've got a payment on it because it's that new, you know? Yeah, I got but you. Just for sake. Yeah, because you've, you know what? You need something you've dependable. Got family, yeah. you got family to live out of a long ways away, and if something were to happen, right. and you get that call at 10 o'clock at night, you need to be able to hop in the car and go. Right. And if you drive your car till the wheels fall off, you don't have that car in your driveway. Oh, yeah. So no, I no. think you should. You, you know, may, just there should be one. You may not make that trip at yeah. all. No. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just from a place, you know, I think, you know, right now, our, our economy is in a weird place right now yeah, because of some liberal policies, but it's not, it's indirect, okay, because a lot of the policies they've yammered about and things they've talked about have damaged the economy. There's no confidence. Yeah. And it takes time to recover from that. And it's the leadership that actually instills confidence that makes people feel better about things. That's yeah. why under Trump, the economy was growing and was mm -hmm. booming and gas prices were low. Well, the first thing the liberals do is they shut off, you know, everything and, and make us dependent on foreign oil. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, and, and I'm waiting for North now, Dakota yeah. to open up again. And now they're know? begging for foreign oil. They're begging yeah, yeah. for the foreign suppliers yeah. to lower their prices. They're right. They've done all this yeah. just on that one topic. Yeah. Uh, that they, they've just, uh, they've, they have done incredible damage to, um, yeah. uh, to fuel to our fuel supply right. they've done they've they have done the damage and right. now they're begging for somebody else to lower yep. prices it's just ever since loony. george w bush yeah. bowed down before the saudi king he didn't uh, kiss the ring and technically bow down but he begged him hey man would you up the production of oil and the mm -hmm. king said no and they right. were supposed to be our trade partners right. you know yeah it was obama that then went and knelt down before him and kissed yeah. the ring you know right but the bottom line is <laughs> it was years you think about it during the obama years when you know uh some area when remember the uh the oil people in north dakota you know the they actually found new ways of getting oil up out of the ground right yeah. so if we were paying over 90 dollars a barrel for oil it was profitable for these people to get it up out of the ground at 70 bucks a barrel right yeah you know they could make money <clears throat> and so i've been watching that as yeah. that goes up again there's going to be jobs for people who are walmart greeters to make 25 dollars an hour you yeah. know yeah. because everybody would be out in the fields again mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see it, it, will it, be. it really yeah. is coming down to the politics but you know <laughs> and this all started because we were talking about we we didn't start off talking about cars we started talking about cell phones and yeah. then it, it kind of it kind of yeah. morphed into cars because the, there's a lure <laughs> You know, the, the yeah. hook on everything we have today yeah. is you don't like I remember when LaDonna and I got married, Mark. I didn't know that you could have more than one Visa card. I thought oh, yeah. you had one yeah. Visa, one MasterCard, one American Express, and that was it. I didn't know you could have seven, 10, 15, however many, you know, you could have as many as you could get. Right. I didn't know that yep. I had because I was a cash guy. Yeah. And I will tell you, being a cash person is fine mm. until you need to finance something and you right. go in and say, well, 
Dave, it's not that you have bad credit. You have no credit. Right. What do you do? Yeah. I save money and pay cash. Yeah. Well, you, you can't buy a house like that. Really? Yeah. Well, here's the <laughs> money me. then. Watch yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want you, I'll tell you what though, you want to get a call from a couple of government agencies, try to pay a hundred thousand dollars like cash on a house. Do that once. <laughs> One of the smartest plans I've ever heard about buying a car was uh, that to uh, to just buy a beater something that you can something you can depend on but that's not new pay cash for it if you can and then um, and then take the money you would have been making as payments and put it in the bank and right. save up enough to buy your next car yep and before long you'll actually be paying cash for nice cars mm-hmm. i mean before long i'd say you plan. Know, 15 years or so you'll be paying cash for nice cars and it and believe it or not you may think well how on earth that's never going to there are a lot of people who do it Yep. A lot. Anyway, we started off talking about cell no, phones the bottom and stuff. Line, yeah. The bottom line is it's all about responsibility. I learned it from yeah. Nate Park. At, yeah. When we were back, at, back in the day, Nathan Park actually said, we were talking about debt. And right, we were talking yeah. about houses and cars. And he said, you know, Dave, one of the biggest problems we have in America today is there are thousands upon thousands of Christians that feel led to do certain things. They feel called to do certain things, but mm. they can't. Because they can't leave the job they have because every penny they have is going towards making payments on yeah. things. Where yeah. as if they saved up and paid cash, then when, when they feel like God is calling them to the mission field to leave work for a couple of years and go do it, right. they could do it. He said, but right now people are getting, they're feeling a real spiritual call on their life and they can't follow it because they can't figure out how to get out of the debt hole. Yeah. And that's what you and I were raised in. We were raised yeah. in getting into debt. And yeah. that's where it all comes from. The bottom line on everything is go ahead, file bankrupt, stop paying all your payments, <laughs> and just live a cash. Get it. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And every now and again, a weird story catches, okay? And this one is one of those stories. Mm-hmm. Because the headline says 1,000 Andy Warhol sketches are offered for $250 each, right? Right, yeah. What is the catch? Because I, I would think that an Andy Warhol sketch would go for more than that. Well, I would just think, I don't know. Yeah, and the, 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 the story is that there's a New York art collective. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be selling 1,000 Andy Warhol sketches for 250 bucks each. But 999 of the 1,000 are elaborate forgeries. Only one of them is real. And they're telling you this up front. Okay. Okay. You're spending 250 bucks to buy something which could be worth a lot more or not. Okay. It's a Brooklyn based uh, MSCHF collective. And they announced uh, something called its Museum of Forgeries project. And it involves a single ha- Andy Warhol sketch titled Fairies and then 999 copies made by a machine with artificially aged paper to match the original. The real wow. artwork was randomly mixed in with the forgery, so one buyer of a $250 sketch is going to receive the real deal, and the others, well, they'll get, they'll get those elaborate copies. Daniel Greenberg, he's the chief revenue officer of MSCHF, said the sketch was sold for $8,125 by Auction House Christie's in 2016, and the artwork's current value is estimated at about $20,000. So you're spending so you, 250 bucks for the chance on actually yours being real and being worth mm-hmm. 20 grand. Okay. Now, their website says the project is aimed at making a statement about famous works of art only being accessible to the wealthy. Quote, mm-hmm. by burying a needle in a haystack, we render the original 
as much a forgery as any of our replications. <laughs> All right. So. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking this would be a great way for people to sell a house. Oh, wait a minute. They do. <laughs> Write us an essay for a dollar. Uh-huh. And, you know, once we get a thousand, you know, people do this all the time. Well, the hundred dollars again, you know, where you spend a hundred dollars and write an essay about right. why you want the house. Right. Yeah. And it's, a you know, I don't have a real problem with this. I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah. You spend 250 bucks and you're yeah. rolling the dice. I mean, it's a little more expensive than a lottery ticket, but you know, mm-hmm. and, well, I mean, and the odds are a lot better. Odds are better on this than there is on the lottery. That's of true. Course, that's the profit is a lot lower than the lottery. You would, yeah, yeah. would you be excited if you bought a lottery ticket for $20,000? No, it's $250. Yeah. No, no. I'm saying if you bought a lottery ticket. Oh, and, and won $20,000. Yeah, and 20. you won $20,000. Would you be excited or would you be like, ah, dang it. Well, it wasn't I, the million I was if, hoping if for. If the lottery ticket cost me a buck, I'd be happy. If it cost me $250, bucks, i would say, hey, you know. <laughs> I well, people, be, spend, people spend that kind of money all every week on it, oh, man. Come I on. know that. I know that. <laughs> all right, I but got here's you. The, yeah. Here's the bottom line. What they're yeah. doing is they're selling, they're selling one $20,000 piece of art for mm-hmm. $250 and then $999 more for $250, which amounts to 1,000 times 250, $250,000 minus the $20,000 real one. They're making mm-hmm. a $230 profit off of yeah. this. So. They're making a bundle of money. A bundle. Well, good for them. <laughs> the question is, how do we get in on this? Yeah, I, I think the guy who created the Ponzi scheme started with stamps. You know, I think that's what he did, Mark. So we're pretty much at the same level now. <laughs> radio.fm it is the market max show and a couple minutes ago when you're talking about the uh andy warhol thing for yeah. 250 bucks right you yeah. pointed out something. who's got 250 dollars laying around they can just throw on a, <laughs> on a fake piece of art because that's what 999 people are going to do exactly and that well, was his whole point was that yeah well art is only available to the wealthy well yeah who's going to have 250 bucks right. they can just throw it at a chance yep. like that well what i did is i looked up because there was a thing it's been several years ago it was like you know for a hundred dollars you write an essay and you could possibly win this house okay right. yeah and people put up ad, they ran free ads all over the place and it was kind of a it for about three or four years there were a bunch of these and i i pulled up articles from 2015 13 12 and 11 and 15 and 11 yeah just right off the bat right yeah and i'm looking at each of these okay and i'm thinking all right, would you spend $100 and write an essay to possibly, you know, get a house for 100 bucks kind of thing? And it did work, you know, because if enough people join in, that's the whole point is yes. you're banking on millions, you know, if you yeah. get all these people writing an essay and sending $100. But again, it goes to, can you throw away $100 to possibly win a house? You know, because mm-hmm. your essay has to win. $100 is the entry fee. Right. And anyway, it's just kind of interesting what people do to raise money. And the payoff usually isn't there. That's why. That's how the lottery survives. You know, mm-hmm. it really does. It's the idea that, hey, man, you can get something for nothing or very little. Right. And really in life, that is just that's you know what? Get the Dale Hart Earnhardt collectible plates from, you know, or <laughs> or the Franklin Mint stuff. You know, the OJ wasn't guilty, you know, gold coin, you know, those types gone, of things. Gone with the wind plates. That's yeah, my favorite. The gone, yeah. Oh, you're a gone with the winder. OK, <laughs> you know, that's what you really need. <laughs> just don't just don't talk to jane about the gone with the wind plates because oh yeah yeah she's got a few yeah no <laughs> yes she does but mark you know what in a yes. few years 
they're going to double in value and be worth at least half of what she paid for them. Exactly, so. just like the Beanie Babies. LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show. Looking at this story that you sent yesterday, Mark, mm-hmm. a Russian woman has 21 babies. Yeah. And she wants 100. Now, she's not birthing them. No, no, She's no. got surrogates. All yeah. I could think of, is this what people do when they've lost the ability to count all their money? You know, <laughs> you I go, hmm, I think I want to start a small town and I'm going to hire a bunch of young women to birth babies for me. You know, <laughs> if, if Bill Gates lived in Russia. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, Moscow native Christina Osterk, um, she's 24. She welcomed 21 babies by surrogate in just a year, says she and her hubby have previously discussed having more than 100 biological children. Wow. <laughs> Joining okay, her... She's 24. Wait a minute. Yes. She's 24. Yes. Okay. How old's her husband? He's... He, they got to be rich, right? Yeah, he's 57. He's a millionaire oh, hotel owner. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he's 33 years older than she is. Right, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, now now I'm getting it. Okay. Yeah. Um, they live in a three-story mansion in the popular tourist destination uh, Batumi, known as the Las Vegas of, of the Black Sea. <laughs> is that I, what it is? I've never heard of it. Never. I haven't either, no, no, man. No. <laughs> However. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to look and see if Danny Ocean has a plan. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> They've said they're going to put a pause on this goal while their newly arrived children are still young. Better yet, uh, Osterk, who also has a six-year-old daughter from a former relationship, insists she's still a hands-on mom, despite spending over $91,000 every 12 months on 16 live-in nannies. $91,000 a year hmm. divided by 16. Yeah. They're not making a lot of money. She says, I'm with the kids all the time, doing all the things that moms normally do. Uh-huh. Uh, sure you do. She said they, the couple used to, uh, used surrogate moms because they wanted to have as many children as quickly as possible uh, with first child Mustafa born on March 10th of 2020, while their 21st child together, Judy, is just three months old. Wow. Yeah. She said uh, and Judy, they they got creative when they began and went, Oh, we ran out of, okay. (laughs) She (laughs) said, she said, I can tell you one thing. My days are never boring. Each day is different from planning staff schedules to shopping for my family. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure she's got a shopper for that. Right. Probably. And she spends, it says here, she spends around 5,400 bucks a week on things like diapers and baby formula. And (laughs) the, the kids eat separately, by the way, from their parents. Because dad gets home late from work. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, they live on the third floor. He's on the first floor. He goes up to visit them once a week, you know. That's right. They all eat yeah. separately. Oh, come on now. Holy this cow. Is, look, yeah. I don't, I don't, what people do with their money and time is whatever they want to do. I'm cool right. with that. Okay. Yeah. But still, um, if wow. you've got 16 live in maids, why do you get 20, get one for each? I mean, you think about it. There's mm-hmm. eight of these kids right now. They're going to feel left out. Hey, right. I don't have my own nanny. What the heck, dad? Come <laughs> on, man. I have to deal with mom. <laughs> yeah. Life radio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, yesterday I sent you a text about how, uh, I think, I think that uh, Steven Spielberg might be able to sue Mark Zuckerberg 
over what they're planning to do with the new Meta, you know, yeah. company, um, where Facebook is still going to be a social media online and in the app form, but they are right. creating this metaverse where you'll put on the old virtual reality headset mm -hmm. and you go online. Not that dissimilar from the Oasis yeah. featured in that movie that Spielberg did a few years ago yeah. that really, yeah. Ready Player man, One. Yeah, it just caught my imagination watching that thinking that is pretty cool. Now, yeah. The movie certainly is a lot. I'm I'm going to assume because I don't know. I'm going to assume that that movie isn't real, Mark, and that there is <laughs> no. no oasis to copy. That you no. know, it really is a thought process of what could happen in the future. I right. mean, yeah. I because I know I know that some people think that 2001: A Space Odyssey was a documentary back in the 60s, right, and yeah. and you know, I know that you know Mar that. With Matt Damon, when he actually took his time off from his acting career to become <laughs> an astronaut and, and survived on Mars for right, a year, you yeah, know, I mean, yeah, things like yeah. that. Those documentaries make us feel like many things are possible. Oh, but sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a real blurred line between, you know, fact and fiction here. Yeah. And, you know, Zuckerberg, with the Facebook files going public and, you know, yeah. look, people finding out that you end up in Facebook jail if you claim you're a conservative Christian. You know? Right, it's yeah. Like, so now... You know, the first thing that happens when when, when that was going on, is, well, there's got to be a Christian conservative alternative for us to go to. And it's like, mm, no, that no. that doesn't do you any good, choir. <laughs> you know, just keep going to choir practice every night and see how that works out for you, you right. know? Yeah. But that whole go, anyway. That whole go you there for it. Yeah. Thing yeah. Just yeah, kind of blows up the window. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to do that, Mark. What are you talking about? But you know what? In the metaverse, there will be, you, you will be able to go down the street in your, you know, virtual reality world mm. with your head. And there's going to be a preacher on the, on the corner and he's going to have a King James Bible screaming yeah, at you. A big you one. know, you're yeah. going to have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, just crazy what they're doing. Well, the thing is that, okay. In Spielberg's, uh, the, this fantasy ready player one, everybody, I mean, everybody, even in the poorest sections, the stacks, right. the stacks, yeah. the, the mm -hmm. stacks were the slums. Right. Yeah. So they were, by the way, single wide trailers that were yeah. stacked on top of one another, yeah. which I thought when I saw that dude, I was like, why don't we have that already? Right. That's they, pretty cool. They built you this know? big, they built this big framework, kind of like you'd yeah. build to, you know, when they build a building, you know, with yeah. this, all this metal and everything. And they, and they stuck single wide trailers in it yeah. and everybody I thought it looked like, pretty cool to me and then back yeah. then I, when i found out it was actually the slums I, 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 oh yeah so i want to live in that now yeah Ooh. so <laughs> i was thinking how convenient it would be a single wide trailer i love yeah. the layout of those and they're uh -huh. small and they're so anyway so uh the people in the stacks are all living in the oasis yeah. i mean every spare sure. moment they're in the oasis mm -hmm. well what do you have to have to do that to be able to have that kind of real-time action and everything going on mm -hmm. you've got to have amazing internet service sure yeah <laughs> And that's what one of the prizes, one of the things you could buy, you know, in the Oasis by gaming and getting points. Is, you could buy better, down, you know, yes, you could, you could. one of the things they would lure you with. Is, hey, right. this is a lot faster. Yeah. You know, you could pay for better access. Yeah. That's what you could yeah. do. And here's the problem with that is, OK, let's say you live somewhere. Oh, I don't know. Out in the boonies like I do. Right. Where yeah. you might right. have a, a 1.9 download speed, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's barely enough to get out of your way. If two or three people are on your at web access at the same time, then your YouTube videos start stuttering. Right. That's right. And there are a lot of people like that and they're pushing. Really? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. There are a lot oh. of people who live in areas like that. So this kind oh. of a thing is not going to work yeah. unless everyone, everybody has access to high speed internet. Sure. everybody and when i well, mean high speed i don't mean you know i don't mean cable internet or or fiber internet i mean the best of the best of the best so this being able to real-time 3d game is going to require a lot of computer mm -hmm. 
uh, sure. power, and it's going to require a lot of internet speed. But and, you know, politicians, Mark, are going to deem this a necessity and all, are going to. They gut, already you know, are. Yeah, they already, already are. Yes. You know what? In 2007, okay, in 2007, there was and continues to be a statewide internet in Alabama. Okay. Mm. There is a statewide internet uh, thing set up. And what it is, is the goal was they didn't want students in rural areas to be left out. Right. They, they being politicians, they, it was funded, paid yeah. for and available. And the goal at first was we'll link all of our hospitals and all of our education facilities so that, you know, cause one of the things that you do in school is, in Alabama to keep everything balanced is if they offer a class in mobile yeah. in Latin. Okay. But they don't offer it at your school in Piedmont. Okay. Mm. In North Alabama, then you in Piedmont, you can go into your virtual lab, your computer, and you can take the class. It's available to you. Mm -hmm. And you will go in at whatever time the class is available in mobile. You'll go to your computer lab, put on your headset, and you will bought, you'll, you will be in the classroom virtually. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, that's something that is available right now. Yeah. And this statewide internet, it was up in 2007. I had a laptop I bought. Okay. Yeah. It was one of those little ones, you know, the, the like a 10, it was before they, before they came out with tablets, right. they had the yeah. little, little computer yeah, and yeah. it had a small little keyboard and everything, but it was an actual computer. just didn't have a DVD drive. Right. And it had HDMI. You could watch movies on your TV. Anyway, hmm. I had one. And it would search out all available, you know, Wi-Fi sources, internet sources. And I saw it. Hmm. I saw the statewide internet for about three months. Yeah. I couldn't access it because I didn't have the right, uh, I didn't have the right password to access it. Right, but yeah. this thing picked it up. And then all of a sudden, it went away. Yeah. They buried it. But it's there. Our state is completely wired. And I think mm -hmm. others are as well. Yeah. You just have to know how to access it. And I don't know how because I'm not a computer guy. Right. So well, the whole idea is they make it statewide and then they can do this, Mark. Well, just watch, just watch in the next couple of years, people will be getting high speed and I mean, real high speed yeah. internet access, just the way they get welfare checks. Oh yeah. And yeah. The, the people who live in quote, the stacks will all yeah. have better internet than you do. Life radio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. Good to have you with us today. A couple of quick reminders. You know, the daily podcast is available. Uh, you can uh, download it wherever you get your podcast. Of course, all day long. You know, Mark posts that by about 10 o'clock uh, Central Time. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yes, pretty is. much. Mm -hmm. All right. I saw this article about boaters rescuing a dog that was yeah. found swimming uh, off the Florida coast. And, Mark, I've tried figuring out every which way this could possibly happen, okay? <laughs> uh, how does a dog end up out in the ocean? Yeah. A mile Do off they, the coast. Yeah. I mean, did he get sick? He was out on the boat and he decides to jump over. Was he chasing a ball? Was he chasing a fish? <laughs> well, um, let's just go through the story and see if we find out. A group of boaters journeying about a mile off the Florida coast ended up rescuing a lost dog they spotted swimming aimlessly in the ocean. Bryn Kroll said she and her friends were out on Jacob uh, Dutiot's boat Sunday when they spotted something in the water about a mile off Fort Lauderdale. She says, I saw something in the water, and at first I was thinking, like, that kind of looks like a dog. A second later, I realized it was, in fact, a dog. She posted a video to TikTok showing one of her friends, Dylan uh, 
Berjan or Ber- Berian. Uh, jump, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's got this That's little red underline under it, and I can't tell, <laughs> tell if it's a J or, or, or an I. Uh, jumping into the water and guiding the canine to the vessel where another friend lifted the dog on board. Uh, she says the dog warmed up to us instantly. As soon as it got in the boat, it was shaking. But after about five minutes, the dog calmed down and seemed quite happy to be on a stable boat rather than getting drowned by waves. The boaters were able to use information from the dog's tags to contact his owners who met them at an inlet about 15 miles away. The dog named Zuko had fallen overboard while nobody was looking. Mm-hmm. That's what the owners say. Yep. Um, He's, uh, he's, the owner said he was kind of near the back of the boat and just, you know, jumped around having a good time, but they must've looked away for a minute or two. And by the time they realized he wasn't there, they thought maybe he'd gone inside of the boat. They were looking for him obviously, and then retraced all their steps and panicked at that point. Uh, Zuko's family thanked the boaters for rescuing the canine. They said they'll be buying Zuko a reflective flotation vest for future boat outings. Uh-huh. Hmm. so the dog's jumping around the, and i can see this the dog you know playing jumping around whatever and then oops i i i i, I, I there's so much i i don't know why people do this with dogs you know I, i'm i'm serious i don't know why people feel the need to take a dog on a boating i i don't i get it i, I if you're like that i mean look Ladonna likes to take the dogs with her in the car you know when she's yeah. driving somewhere yeah and i'm like why why do you do that mm-hmm. you know i mean because i'm thinking each one of these dogs the last ride they took in a car was when their owner dumped them. That's oh, how we ended up with them. Oh, oh, oh. You know, there's a rescue dog. Yeah, yeah, so know. you really want to, yeah. you, you're going to lure this guy back in the car. Right, the only yeah. dog that doesn't freak out in our house, you know, when, when they're going is Bocephus because she's not a rescue dog. She's one of ours <laughs> we've had since she was a puppy. Right, All yeah. the others we found, you know, we got a dog we call the church parking lot dog, uh-huh. you know, because that's where he was found. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> You know, <laughs> somebody during worship service, somebody dropped a dog off in the parking lot of a church. Yeah, yeah. And everybody's and thing is, everybody in the parking lot's driving around this dog. Oh, poor dog. You know, they're all in a oh, hurry yeah. to get to the buffet. And LaDonna's like, because she's always the last one to get there and the last uh, one to leave. Uh, yeah. It's like, but he's still here. Okay, come here, dog. You can come on with me. But, you know, so. You're going you're gonna to put him in the car. You're going to traumatize him again. Yeah. He's thinking, no, not the parking lot again. And in this case, it's like this guy. I mean, they can say all day long he jumped out and they retraced their steps. You're on the flipping water, dude. <laughs> you know, come on. <laughs> well, by the time, probably by the time they retraced their steps back to where they were, the dog had already been picked up, you know. <laughs> oh, man. That's just, I feel bad for the dog. Yeah, I do, too. The poor guy. He thought he finally got away from him. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know we appreciate you joining us uh, with it being friday and halloween over the weekend is going to be interesting Mm -hmm. you know some communities will whenever halloween falls on a sunday okay some communities just can't do it okay and so they'll do it on the saturday before uh or the monday after you know it just kind of depends i think most would go with the saturday before but eh, so you know whatever yeah anyway I, ours is, we're doing it Saturday before, but in Haley's neighborhood, they're doing it actually Sunday night. Huh. And I told her, I said, I didn't know you lived in hell, but thanks for <laughs> you know, sharing. I didn't know. I, you know, I'm going to do because all Hallows Eve, you're going to do it on a Sunday. Okay. Right. Well, here's <laughs> if you're doing it on a Saturday night, then, uh, you're going to do it both nights because yes, we gonna, are. Gonna, I've got to do Braylon on Saturday and Lily on right. Sunday. So exactly. there you have it. 
<laughs> which really just means something I didn't even like doing as a child. Oh, you know, man. I would I had enough money when by the time I got to be nine or ten, you know, from mowing yards and things, yeah. I had enough. I pay kids to go out and you know, hey. Go give me some candy. For me. Yeah. yeah, here's five bucks and wow. a pillowcase. Bring yeah. me back some reasons. Before we moved, uh, we lived in a neighborhood where we lived in one of those neighborhoods where everybody would take their kids to. You know how they'll load up, load yeah. them up in vans and take them to oh, the, yeah. the neighborhoods that are all decorated up. Mm-hmm. And and so that we lived in that neighborhood. Yeah, and you either locked yourself in the house or you, if you were out before sundown. Like if you were out running around, if you, you had something going on and you came home to that neighborhood, you were lucky to be able to get to your house. Yeah. It was just crazy. But yeah, we had that problem until we started IDing everybody. We just told them it was an illegal alien checkpoint. But then, you know, <laughs> hey, where, where you live? I don't recognize you, kid. You put big signs on the, out at the street. ID, ID required yeah. for trick-or-treaters. Photo ID. Yeah, Photo ID go. required. Yeah. <laughs> well, that cleans out the mess in a hurry, you know? Well, that's yeah, we have that, Our neighborhood changed, though, Mark. You know, we've been in the same neighborhood forever. And when we first moved here, we had small kids, right? Yeah, yeah. And they all grew up. They've moved out. We've watched it transition. Now there's a new batch of kids, yeah, yeah, and, which is yeah. really cool because it, the neighborhood for about five years, it was just us, you know, and right. all the kids had grown and gone. And yeah. now it's like, we've got little ones riding their bikes up and down the street because mm. we had like a five or six year time. You've been in the hood, you know, how steep some oh, of these yeah. hills oh, are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. basically living on a cliff. And so we had, you know, five or six years where we didn't hear an ambulance come to our neighborhood, but you know, you loaded up with six and seven year olds and bikes again and boom, you know, it's like you hear that siren, you know, the difference between a cop siren, yeah. a fire truck siren and that, you know, the paramedics, yep. it's like they all have different sounds. Anyway, yeah, we live on a hill too. I think that's, that's one reason we don't get a lot of trick or treaters is the parents say, no, we're not walking that hill. You know, oh, I turn the light off. I'm like, you know, yeah, it's like the, the other part. What gets me though is if kids do decide to walk our hood, and they some do, mm-hmm. they foolishly will try to run through my yard. Which Ooh. there's holes every. When oh. I'm mowing the yard, I'm concerned I'm going to break a leg. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm mowing it slow. But these kids go off running, and it's like I just yeah. sit there and watch. I'm like, yeah. oh man, that's a really cool outfit until oh. they fall in that hole, and oh, then oh yeah, 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 until they their foot hits that hole, and then they face plant and what the dog yep. left behind. That's when I start taking pictures, man. Hello. Yep. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show. And, you know, Mark, there was a story years ago, um, and I cannot remember if, I don't think it was an Ann Rule book. It might have been. But it's a crime book about the Hollywood bandit. Okay. Um, Okay. Do you remember the movie Point Break with Keanu Reeves? And uh, All right. That actually was loosely based on a true story. There was a guy who was kind of a free spirit, and he built this huge, huge treehouse in Oregon. He had lived out in Hawaii for a while, and he ends up moving back to Oregon where you know the hippies had moved by mm-hmm. the yeah. mid to late 70s and 80s. Yeah. And he built this huge treehouse, and it was so big that it had like pictures and magazines. People were coming by to look at this treehouse, yeah. and they're like, what does this guy do for a living? Well, he robbed <laughs> banks. He would... He actually had a little group and they would, they wow. called him the Hollywood bandit How about because that? he would wear makeup and his whole team, you know, the crew. And anyway, they had certain rules of how they would rob a bank and they were very successful for a while. And it was interesting how, you know, they had all this makeup and Hollywood stuff they would do and, you know, disguise themselves as old men or whatever and go into the bank and rob it. So whenever I hear a story about bank robbing, that's mm. what I think oh, of okay. because, yeah, because, yeah, you know, that movie, you know, it. <laughs> you know, it's like point break is not 
um, it's not a work of art, you know. No. It's one of those movies. It's kind of like one step above Roadhouse. All right, it's got if it's got Patrick Swayze in it. Roadhouse is your is it better or worse than Roadhouse? Is kind of where you go. <laughs> yeah, it's much. one step above Roadhouse. Okay, okay. Yeah, all right, that's yeah. about it. But yeah. anyway, so bank robber story. You know, that's what right. I think of. Yeah. Well, this bank robber in prison. They say mm-hmm. prison changes a person. Sure. Yeah. And this guy's name is Jerry Lee. Not, to be, not <gasps> did he learn to play piano? Not to be confused with that one. <laughs> he was totally unrecognizable by the time he was released. Mm-hmm. He spent 49 months in a maximum security federal prison after being caught trying to rob a bank. Okay. The 42-year-old was freed earlier this month, but looked completely different after tattooing his own face <laughs> while he was in his cell. He did it himself. Wow. He endured the excruciating pain to ink himself with a skull so his his face all of his exposed skin it looks like a skull representing death mm. and he was so pleased with the outcome he now dreams of opening his own tattoo shop he says the other prisoners and guards for the most part liked it too i'm very happy with it and i'll continue to work on it and mr lee who said he had no side effects from the work posted snaps of his face on social media and received an overwhelming response He tells the Daily Star newspaper, the reaction of others has been very good and supportive mainly, but I don't let the opinions of others bother me. You know, he's talking about the negative opinions. I now want to become a great tattoo artist and travel on the tattoo convention circuit. I didn't know there was a tattoo convention circuit, but we'll go with that. My hopes for the future are to open a family tattoo shop. The plane, the plane. <laughs> what? No, tattoo. tattoo. Oh, wow, that was a woo. That was a stretch. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of this guy, Mark. Wow. And uh, <laughs> sorry, congratulations. I'm looking at, I'm looking at pictures of of this guy, and yeah. um, you know, bless his heart. The one good thing is, uh-huh. if he does go back into a life of crime, uh-huh. gonna be pretty easy to identify him unless he wears a mask. You know, I'm telling you. And he'd better open his own tattoo shop because he's never getting through a job interview with that. Face. Yeah, can you imagine he comes no. in and he wants to be a <laughs> yeah, he wants like, to be anything, you know? He's applying for a greeter's position at Walmart. Uh, yeah, no. Well, he started with the teardrop, and you know, <laughs> it's like, well, we know what that means. Oh my goodness! Yikes! Mark and Mac mornings only on Life Radio FM. Okay, let's try this. Uh, voiceover for the Mark and Mac Show promo. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of promo. Oh? Okay. In a land that... No in a land either. In a time... I don't think so. In a land before time. It's about the Mark and Mac Show. They're on the radio. One man. No. When your life is no longer your own. What the... When everything you know is wrong. That's wrong. In an outpost. No. On the edge of space. Space? A girl. No. Two girls. No. Now, no. more than ever. Stop it. A renegade cop. <sighs> a robot renegade cop. You're fired. You're fired. No, you're actually fired. I'm fired. Get out of the booth, Jack. No, I like it in here. radio.fm the mark and mag show mark every week it seems we have a new story of somebody who is sitting at a stoplight 
they're asleep, their mm-hmm. foot slips off. Oops, yeah. wait a minute. That's the story of Mark Congleton <laughs> one time. No. No. Yeah. But <laughs> they never turn out to be good ones, okay? It's no, like, no. They always end up with drugs, guns, or children. Uh, oh, unless they're the captain of a police department. We did have that story, remember? Oh, where, yeah, yeah. Where they I found remember. him sitting in a traffic light asleep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he had a donut high he was getting over. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's why they sell coffee with the donuts. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, on October 26th, uh, just a few days ago, about 8.14 in the morning, Humboldt County, California Sheriff's deputies were dispatched for the report of a suspicious male passed out inside of an idling vehicle parked along the roadway. Deputies arrived on the scene and observed the male, 32-year-old Donovan Nathaniel Baltzy, uh, Balt, yeah, Baltzy, Baltzly, that's it, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. to, he, he was in possession of a firearm, was laying, uh-huh. laying on his lap. Deputies conducted a felony traffic stop on the vehicle and detained uh, the driver without incident. The firearm was recovered and found to be loaded. Upon further investigation, deputies learned that the firearm had been reported lost. Mm-hmm. A week before, October 19th. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. During a search of his vehicle, deputies located over 12 grams of methamphetamine, approximately <laughs> 1.8 grams of heroin, and three counterfeit $100 bills. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Additionally, deputies located a large amount of cash believed to be associated with the sale of controlled substances. Wow. The Humboldt County Drug Task Force responded to the scene and seized the cash pursuant to asset forfeiture proceedings. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Balsley was arrested and booked into the Humboldt County Correctional Facility on charges of possession of a controlled substance, possession of a narcotic controlled substance, wow. possession of a controlled substance for sales, a prohibited person in possession of a... I'll come back next hour when you're right. done with reading this off the charges. This list is so yeah. long. Just... You know, the thing is, his defense lawyer is already lining up the defense saying that the searches were all illegal because he actually is, uh, he's diagnosed with narcolepsy. And so he really, yeah, he was asleep and now they're picking on a handicapped guy. That's what it is. <laughs> radio.fm mark and mac show cruising along singing a song getting ready for friday Woo-hoo. hey man we uh, had a story a little bit ago about a dog who was swimming a mile offshore in florida right and i'm thinking maybe he was the dog that started the fight at the miami dog show and was just trying to get away I didn't link the two together, but now that you mention it, maybe that's so. <laughs> because a massive brawl did break out at a dog show in Miami mm-hmm. after angry contestants were allegedly denied refunds for the mm-hmm. event. Now the event mm-hmm. wasn't co- they weren't they didn't they didn't call the thing off. They just not <laughs> this is crazy. A group okay. of women whose pooches competed in the bully takeover pet show at the Doubletree Hotel at the Miami Airport Convention Center on Saturday were upset that their dogs didn't place in the contest. Hmm. <laughs> it's at a Doubletree wow. Hotel at the airport. Okay. <laughs> they yeah. pushed the, they pushed right next to the starving artist exhibition. Uh, mm-hmm. They pushed the event organizers for reimbursement and were met with, uh, I don't care what it is. There's no refunds. I don't give a bleep. There's no refunds. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, footage of the incident shows violent chaos ensued with people throwing punches, grabbing each (laughs) other and sending chairs flying across the room. Officials say the fight escalated quickly as others jumped in to get involved. Although hotel security gained control of the situation almost as fast as the brawl erupted, organizers still had to shut it down, (laughs) shut down the remainder of the event. 
Wow. Basically, their dogs weren't winning. They wanted a refund. Man. But they had the they still had the event. It wasn't like they're they're they got canceled, you know? I mean right. My dog did okay, so this is the new rule. If you enter a contest and you don't win, you fight? I mean Okay. I'm you know what? I think we'll enter Braylon into a contest now, you know? Because I believe there are some, I could take a few. Well, no, the, actually where I live, I couldn't beat some of those women. I'm telling you, man. They're, they're big and feisty. Oh, my. LiveRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, back several years ago, there was a TV show about couponing. Yeah. I don't know if it was like a TLC or one of those networks. I okay? remember, yeah. It was called Extreme Couponers, mm-hmm. I think. And I don't know if it's still on or not. It was just one of those things where I watched a couple of episodes and I thought, hey, you know, good for you. Um, <laughs> I usually throw those things away, but good yeah. for you yeah. that you don't. But they all had things like they would have their cabinets and it would have like a year's supply of Tide, you know, because yeah, like, yeah. they got a great deal on it. So. I thought that's kind of the catch is you got to be prepared to take full advantage of these coupons. You've got to be prepared to handle a lot of extra stuff that you'll need later on. But anyway, yeah, there's real value in it. I get it, but there is a way that you can bend everything. Oh, sure. Yeah. And people are always looking for a way to use anything to their advantage and not follow the rules. The FBI is revealing new details about a $31.8 million counterfeit coupon scheme that landed a Virginia beach couple in prison for nearly 20 years combined. In a press release uh, released last week, the agency said that investigators found fake coupons in every crevice of the house belonging to Lori Ann Talens and her husband, Pacifico Talens Jr. The falsified savings were worth more than $1 million. Hmm. They also found designs for coupons for more than 13,000 products on Lori Ann Talon's computer. Wow. A special agent Shannon Brill of the FBI uh, said in a release, she trained herself in the different techniques she needed to manipulate barcodes to make these coupons work. Wow. Yeah. Talon's, who's the considered to be the mastermind of the scheme, would create fake coupons with discounts near or even over an item's retail value. <laughs> Wow. So, so Taylor's didn't use the fraudulent coupons for herself. The FBI said she sold them to subscribers that found her on social media and communicated with them using an encrypted messaging app. Taylor's was paid more wow. than $400,000 in digital currencies, such as Bitcoin and sometimes exchanged coupons for stolen rolls of the special paper stores use to print coupons out. The three-year scheme was discovered by the Coupon Information Corporation, which received a tip that someone was making and mailing fraudulent coupons. One, Dude, I didn't even know there was a Coupon I, I, Information Corporation. No, the things you the find CIC. out, you get out of the house, you learn stuff. Man. One group of manufacturers said it lost $125,000 from fake coupons linked to Talon's. In September, she was sentenced to 12 years in prison for perpetrating a counterfeit uh, coupon fraud scheme uh, scheme that amounted to $32 million in losses for retailers and manufacturers. That's according to the Department of Justice. Her hubby was sentenced to seven years in prison because he was aware of and profited from the scheme. 
They wow. were accused of using the money for high-end home renovations, including building a new pool and remodeling their kitchen. Taylor said in a statement obtained by the New York Times that she was deeply ashamed and embarrassed by her actions. Well, that's part of it. Her lawyer told her to say that. Yeah, because the rest <laughs> of it was, I'm deeply ashamed and embarrassed that I got caught. I thought I had covered my tracks. <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and mark i gotta tell you this week we had you know we've got fall festivals going on oh yeah and many churches put together events you know trunk or treat things and which is a lot of fun Mm -hmm. you know kids get dressed up and i i think the churches that that do this are just it's very cool i think it's a great community thing Mm -hmm. um but the one thing is the Calhoun county fair opened this week too i don't actually i don't know if that's what it's called it's just the fair but anyway you know, so we took Braylon and at the county fair, you're going to have rides and occasionally you're going to have people dressed up like clowns mm-hmm. and they don't really get in the way though. They, they kind of keep their space because they know clowns walking around a fair. It, it can really weird people. They figured it out. Okay. That there are some people that have cash that are just unwilling to spend it. If somebody is going to take it, that, that is egghead, the clown. Right. Yeah. And so. Anyway, we went there and I, I only saw one, you know, at the fair. I'm like, this is pretty cool. I can steer clear of that thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was way down. I saw him down there. It looked like, as a matter of fact, I think that clown was actually smoking because they were far enough away that I, I didn't get a sense, you know, that this is a real clown person. Yeah. But we leave there and go to a fall festival and it's like their whole theme was circus and clowns and. Oh my. Dude, they had a clown lady there. Okay. Uh huh. And I mean, I'm telling you, I knew she was a clown lady. And so I told it on. She's like, why aren't you getting out of the car? I said, I can tell that's a clown lady. <laughs> she's that's a real one. I mean, you know, and the thing is she finally got me out of the car with a corn dog. She yeah. lured me out <laughs> and I'm looking over my, I'm looking over my eye the whole time. They had mimes clowns. Uh-huh. There were multiple and I'm not kidding, man. It's like, I think you really should rethink it. If you're, if you're running a free thing for kids and you want to, Get rid of the clowns. Why are they there? Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't want to see Judy Collins. Okay. And this one clown, I actually overheard her telling somebody when she didn't think anybody, Hey, I got to hurry up and get over. I got to get done with this. I got to get to the fair. I got a yeah. booth over there. And it's like, this was clown person. She goes, no, oh, I, my. yeah. And, and she was like being real clown person. And I'm like, Braylon, don't get a balloon from her. <laughs> you know, why are you doing that? And anyway, <laughs> I'm still a little weirded out by it, man. Yeah. It's like, I thought we were at, you know, a church place. Why do we have clown people? Mm-hmm. I mean, clown people, it, you, you ought to know better. Yeah. It's okay to dress up as a clown. You know, Aunt Faye wants to be a clown. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't be a clown person. There's mm. a difference. Okay. I'm with you. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, it's a little freaked out. So whenever I see a story about man in creepy clown costume, I'm thinking, okay, is this a clown person or is this somebody dressed up as a clown as a diversion? Well, you know, you have to see them up close. You got to see how they move. Yeah, yeah. Clown people, clown people have a clown way of doing everything. Right. They don't, yeah. they're not normal. Yeah. You know, normal clown people, you know, they, they put the makeup on and they just do, they, they try to be cute for the kids. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, clown, people, yeah. Mm. clown people, clown people they are really involved, you know, and they, they are, man, there's something not right about them. I, mean, I think you've established the fact that there's something not right with these people. There is. <laughs> you I have. Yes. You've, 
But Mark, we spent like I three mean, and a half minutes establishing the fact that there's something wrong with these people. There is. <laughs> Can't we put them all together on an island or something yeah. and let them just clown themselves to death? Right. I don't know why they have to mix amongst know. us like that. I don't know. Maybe if you take a look at the picture, I just said. I am you. not going to look at a clown picture. <laughs> I know what you're doing to me, man. See, you think it's funny. Mm, that, oh, okay, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That's not a clown person. Okay. That's a guy wearing a mask. Okay. okay? Right. That's and, just guy wearing a mask. And mm-hmm. now, okay, fine. But mm-hmm. see, he takes the mask off and you don't know he's he ever dressed it. He's, right. It, that That's not a problem. Right. I mean, it's a little goofy to do that as an adult, but. That guy's been creeping around in the dark at night in England. And somebody finally snagged a picture of him. I'm going to be honest. If if that happens at my house, you're going to have to take a follow-up picture that has the Louisville slugger in the head, okay? There will be a call to 911. And it won't be about Dave. Well, the guy wearing that creepy clown costume has been seen walking the streets at night, possibly giving neighbors a shock in the run-up to Halloween. He was seen crouching behind bushes outside homes while dressed in this frightening costume, which was complete with this oversized freakish clown mask a witness snapped a photo of the clown as he walked the streets of speak mercy side in the dark that's uh, uh according to the liverpool echo his costume was made up of, the, of a black and white clown suit with a white neck ruffle and, and a, a garish mask that features a bright red nose purple hair and giant teeth a witness shared photos of the man crouched behind a bush and gesturing with his hand the spooky attire and creepy mask didn't bother the guy who shared the pictures, though. He thought it was a brilliant costume. The images might remind the Brits of the so-called killer clown or scary clown craze that blighted the Halloween season a few years ago in 2016. Then there were reports of people dressed as clowns jumping out at strangers at night as dozens of incidents were reported to police forces across the UK. In one incident in Blackburn, Lancashire, a man suffered cuts to his hand when a clown wielding a 10-inch knife confronted him at a cash machine. In Dennington, South Yorkshire, a teen said he was left with a head wound when a tree branch was thrown at him by a person dressed as a clown. Things got so out of hand that police urged the costume shops not to sell clown costumes to children. And that's how bad it got then. But this guy? I, no worries, man. Send me. Send me on a hunt. I'm not kidding. If you actually... Look. If I can be 007, if I can have a license, (laughs) you would not have to worry about these guys. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And I apologize for my uh, little mini breakdown a little while ago. No, you don't. (laughs) It bothers me, you know. I just, I, I know. You have this thing about clowns. Why do people, but I don't understand it. I, I just don't get the idea of clown people. And right. it always upsets me when somebody, because now I'm going to get the emails. I'm gonna, well, I'm not I really, a, yes, you are. If you're going to, I'm not really a clown person. I just really like doing it. Yes, you are a clown person. You know, because every chance you get, you're putting on the red makeup. I know that, that fright wig. That's the thing. You're, you know, if you were just a clown and, you know, you wouldn't do it. You'd find something. If you, you know what? If every chance you have to dress up, you immediately start fantasizing about how to put white stuff all over your face. You're a clown person. If you have a special name that you go by all the time, you know, if you're Bobo, that immediately, if you're, if you have a pet dog name that you use in your other life, you're a clown person. If you see a balloon at Dollar General and think I could twist that in to look like a dog, you're a clown person. So what do you think? If you buy shoes that are too daggone big for your feet, 
to wear with your suit to church. You're a clown person. I'm done. Okay. This is probably a clown person story too, because it's one of these people that are considered an influencer, which right, if yeah. you're influenced by somebody on social media, okay. Oh. If you are influenced by somebody online, yep. you have a, you're probably a clown person in hiding. Yeah. Who gets influenced by somebody they see online? Think about that. I mean, I know, do you yeah. ever look at somebody who has no education, no marketable skills right, whatsoever? Yeah. They might just be physically appealing and you look at them and go, Oh, wait a minute. She's using, uh, call it, you know, I'm going to uh -huh, copy yeah. her. Right. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Millions of people do that. It's called advertising. I apologize for that. Well, uh, now we'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. <laughs> okay. So Mark, what did this influencer do? Right. That, yeah. uh, that reminds me of Holy this is a clown moly. person. Oh man. Well, she's defending now an influencer is defending photos of her posing in front of her late father's open casket. Oh, no. She says, oh, there's nothing wrong with what she did. 20-year-old Jane Rivera recently posted a series of uh, snapshots from her dad's funeral, having posed for the camera alongside his casket. She had a oh. caption that says, Butterfly, fly away. R.I.P., Poppy. You were my best friend. A life well lived. One of the eight pictures showed the social media star smiling, while in another she was looking smolderingly over one shoulder, and in a third she had her hands clasped together eh, in prayer. Oh, in the background, her father's coffin could be seen directly behind her, an American flag draped over it. While Rivera thought it was touching, a touching tribute to the patriarch of her family, many of her followers called it vile and disgusting that she, sh that she would turn a funeral into a photo session. One person wrote, not cool, Jane. Your dad was a decorated vet. A photo shot by his casket should be beneath you. May he rest in eternal peace. Another said, the, the fact that you would post something like this tells us everything we need to know about you. However, it seems Rivera is prepared to stand by the images, having now hmm. responded to the backlash to say she hadn't done anything wrong. Speaking to NBC News, Wow. Rivera said she understood the negative reception, but said the photos had been taken with the best intentions in a manner my father would have approved with had he still been here or been alive. Mm -hmm. She said everyone handles the loss of a loved one in their own ways. Some are more traditional, while others might come across as taboo. For me, I treated the celebration as if my father was right next to me, posing for the camera as he had done on many occasions prior. There was nothing wrong with what I posted, and I stand by that. Well, he was posing. He was posing all oh, right. Oh, baby, yeah. He wasn't moving. No, hey, he wasn't. Dad, stand still. Dad, lay still. <laughs> Quit. Hey. Oh my God! Would somebody fix that lip? It's twitching. Oh man! Now Rivera, who's a model from Florida, had built an impressive eighty-four thousand uh, dollar, eighty-four thousand followers. That is on Instagram and more than three hundred thousand followers on TikTok through pose, uh, posting about fashion and travel, and also posing in swimwear. Her Instagram page has since been disabled. Wow. Yeah. You know, when you, well, she's 20. Okay. I'm, yes. I'm going to give yeah. her the youthful thing here. Mm, it, this yeah. is where you pull her aside and say, okay, sweetheart, look, we know you don't, you, that you loved your dad. You don't see anything wrong with this. But sometimes, um, when, when you, when your living is based on people that mm -hmm. support and care about you, um, you don't want to do things that purposely offend them and make right. them sick to their stomach. Right. So put some clothes on and stop doing this. You know what? You're 20. Go to college. Get a job.
liferadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show. You know, Mark, this show has turned into a real frustration for me, man. From clowns <laughs> to influencers. I, I don't know if I lost touch with reality somewhere along. Or no. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I'm the one who hasn't lost touch with reality. But I, I did tell Mark, you know, the last bit about the 20-year-old girl yeah. taking pictures with her dad at his funeral. You know, again, we all feel differently about the passing of a loved one. You know, right. we do. Yeah. yeah. But there are certain things that are just tasteless, you yeah. know, and when you make a mistake like that, and I, I get it at 20 years old, sometimes you do, you know, you mm-hmm. buff up, you, you, you stand there and say, I'm not apologizing. I'm not wrong. Blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. And then yeah. you learn and years later, you're like, wow, that mm-hmm. was really embarrassing. <laughs> what was the I difference thinking? is yeah. when you and I did that, there was no social media. True. There was no internet, you know, yeah. that never forgets. Right. And, uh, so somebody could say, Hey, didn't Dave, didn't you post a picture at your, <laughs> nope. I, I, nope. I never took a picture like that. Nope. If you find a picture like that, I'm going to show you where it was fraudulent. Yeah, uh-huh. I never did that. You know, right, yeah. you, we, there's culpable deniability. Mm-hmm. But now you go to get a job, which, again, I know that there's a guy online. Um, he goes by Mr. Beast. He lives in Greenville, North Carolina. Mm, yeah. And he's a social media. He's a YouTuber. And um, his thing is he, well, I guess when he was in college, maybe he figured out the algorithm for building up a huge following on YouTube and to be able to monetize it. Right. And the one thing he did is like, I think he counted to a hundred thousand and then he counted to a million, you know, it was just yeah. pictures of him counting one, two, three, four counting and people watched it. Right. And out of that, he developed, um, a persona, Mr. Beast. Right. And he has developed his channel using all the things that you need to draw a huge following and, you know, subscribers. And uh, he does these huge events where he gives away hundreds of thousands of dollars and expensive cars and houses. I mean, he's he's really he gives it all. He's giving it all away. Yeah. But he's making his money through uh, advertisers on his channel. Right. And, you know, product placement. And, of course, from YouTube, because he has 84 million subscribers or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And anyway, it's just fascinating because it's a career path that you and I didn't have. And I know that LaDonna was watching it the other day and she goes. How is he giving away a million dollars on this one episode, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like because he's going to make that and more on what, you know, from his sponsors and everything else from the number of people watching this, you right. know? Yeah. And it's a fascinating industry. Mm, but, but the one yeah. thing that we tend to watch is, okay, they're really not understanding the value of this money, you know? Yeah. And what's going to happen when it runs away? And I th- I did tell her, I said, well look at basketball and football players, you know, uh, whose careers yeah. are extremely short. Yeah. They make a lot of money in a short period of time and don't realize once it's gone, mm-hmm. you lose that million dollar a month paycheck. Right. You know, yeah. you, you've made enough money to, for us to survive. I mean, if you made $10 million, you know, in your lifetime, you could live a good life. Right. Yeah. Make $10 million in one year. It's gone. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at his channel right now. This Mr. Beast yeah. guy, he has 72.5 million subscribers. Yeah. Now I'm not, fa- I'm not familiar that familiar with the uh, the way the advertising works, the revenue, yeah. the amount, you know, your percentage on yeah. YouTube. But at 72.5 million subscribers, he probably never has to make another video for the rest of his no. life. He's going to have residuals coming in for the rest yeah. of his life. But he, and, and that he does, and I've yeah. watched them, okay? Yeah. I got hooked, you know, because I never watched YouTube videos. I would go and research something or right. watch yeah. a particular thing. But when Braylon was little, a lot of uh, children's videos are available on YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. from all over the world. And some, especially ones that uh, didn't, they were, when he was small, you know, they were visual things that right. he would follow yeah, along yeah. with. 
And and now there are, of course, plenty of shows we don't let them watch on there yeah. because they just are stupid. You know, yeah. the Spy Ninjas ranks in my top three of worst <laughs> videos of all time. First time I saw it, I'm like, oh, these people yeah. are horrible. You yeah, know, but yeah. anyway, but that's how I found the beast, you know, because yeah. it's like he does give away a lot. And he does. He does. He, and look, for, this guy gives a lot away to people. Yeah. For example, his most recent one, he's giving away a Lamborghini. Right, it's a bright green Lamborghini, yeah. and the way he's doing it is the is a, and radio stations and TV stations have done this, malls have done yeah. this, where you you say, okay, the last person to take their hand off of the car mm-hmm. wins it. Yeah, and he's got fifty people standing around this Lamborghini with their hands mm-hmm. on it or laying on the floor with their hands on it or right. whatever to do this, and mm-hmm. then uh, the one below that one from a month ago, the first to rob a bank wins a hundred thousand dollars. The first it- to rob a bank. Well, it, I'm sure there was a there had joke to, be, to yeah, that. that had yeah, to be, yeah, well, one thing like he did, okay, like um, he will do a show where he will challenge somebody to catch like an FBI guy, okay, right. retired FBI agent. He'll be like, they'll be on a, he'll have an FBI team mm-hmm. and they'll both start at the same place. And it's, if you can catch me before the end of this day, before 10 o'clock tonight, right. yeah, I, saw I have a brief, yeah. here's a briefcase with a hundred thousand dollars. This is yours. Or he'll have just three regular dudes. And he'll have a, a field goal kicking contest. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. If you can make a field goal from the thirty yard line, it's yours. You know, yeah, yeah. or you know, just any number of things. And they're fascinating. I mean, he's had with a big circle and a backhoe. Somewhere in this circle, I have buried the keys to that brand new car. Mm. You're a subscriber to my channel. Go find them. You know, wow. and you have a certain amount of time using this backhoe to find the keys. Um, like one of the episodes I watched. He had all the people who had subscribed to it during a particular episode, right? Mm-hmm. It, new subscribers only here. And there were thousands of people. Right. And he, he got a brand new Tesla and he had all their names printed on this Tesla. Wow. And he had one of his little partner guys. He goes, okay, I want you to walk around and close your eyes. And I want <laughs> pointed a name on there and wow. whatever name you touch, they're going to win this brand new Tesla. Wow. I mean, just stuff like that. That's but crazy. he has figured out the algorithm to build his channel. So you know, he can get thousands of people to subscribe in a moment's notice. And then he did hook it with, if you've already subscribed, here's what you need to do. Get your mom's phone, your dad's phone, your sister's phone and subscribe for them <laughs> oh, because gosh. he knows he makes yeah. more money. The more subscribers That's there right. are. That's true. And yeah. I will pay somebody who subscribes to this today in the next seven days, $10,000 cash. Go ahead and subscribe your mom. Go I mean, get mommy's purse. Yes. There you go. It's, a, <laughs> it, it's funny, but it works. And again, the guy gives away a lot. Yeah, he does. not I, I looked up his net worth, and uh, he's given away millions, right? right given yeah. away millions. Yeah. His net worth is about $8 million. Uh, How about and that? And he's given away probably $50 million. Yeah. I so, love the little tagline on every one of the little listings where it, it, says, it says, subscribe, or I take your dog. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, uh, Mark, I've watched a lot of uh, World War II documentaries and, and different things. Yep. It's still fascinating to me, all the things that went into it. Um, I'm More than anything else, I think about the people who were uh, adults in the, er, in the 30s and 40s, you know? Yeah. And especially those who were living in that time where we had, I mean, real evil walking the earth in mm-hmm. a big way mm-hmm. and pushing an agenda that was so evil but people followed it, you know, and I wonder how I, I oftentimes wonder how did adults feel at that time? Did they feel like we're dealing with end time stuff here? You know, I, I just that's why I think it's fascinating to me. Mm. But 
also the you know the battle of world war ii and how the different countries had to what they had to overcome how they had to go about creating an op to really the last war of good and evil you know mm. and you mm. knew who evil was and you yeah. knew who good was and anyway it was like when the soldiers came home you knew they had done it had to do atrocious things that they would have never normally done right but they yeah. did it to preserve freedom and you know right. Yeah. Or some form of freedom, anyway. Yeah. So anyway, when I see a story about ghost ships from World War II, right? Yeah, that's gonna get me every time. I thought so. Well, activity from an underwater volcano has brought two dozen ghost ships to the surface of the Pacific Ocean, decades wow. after these ships were sunk during World War II. The ships were involved in the bloody Battle of Iwo Jima in 1945, wow. and they were sunk by the U.S. forces there. However. They came ashore on the western side of Iwo Jima. That's an oh. island. It's about 760 miles away from Tokyo. After seismic activity from underwater volcano, Fukutoku Okonoba brought them up from the seabed. Aerial images released by Japanese news channel All Nippon News show the, the resurfaced remains of the 24 ships, which are now lying on a bed of volcanic ash due to that wow. seismic tremors going on there. Um. A representative of the Volcano Research Promotion Center told the, the news the volcanic activity hasn't diminished yet. There is a possibility of a big eruption on Iwo Jima. Mm. Um, according wow. to the U.S. National Archives, these ships were moved during the war to form a breakwater in preparation for the invasion of U.S. forces, shielding other boats as they unloaded troops and weapons. Interesting. Yeah, so they had, so, take, they had taken these ships and sunk them on purpose. Right. Yeah. That's what I was wondering because, you know, the... It's an well, most people are familiar with Iwo Jima because right. of the flag raising. Yes, and I encourage you to look at that. You know, because of what happened. You know, people tend to think that the Battle of Iwo Jima ended with the flag going mm. up. No, it didn't. It went on for another thirty-two days after that because they had to fight inch by inch across that island. Yeah, and it was. You know, I can't imagine that. You know, you look yeah. at that and study what happened, and I cannot imagine what a 20 25 year old you know young man mm. was thinking you know your yeah. your best friend is going to bite it you know there the death toll was huge right on iwo jima yeah and um you know, i think about you know remember the ballad of ira hayes uh johnny cash song mm -hmm. and you know ira hayes was one of the flag guys and you know he wow. was a pima indian and yeah. he did serve uh bravely but he never he had ptsd mm. and yeah. ira hayes when he came back from the war he was a hero but he died as a drunk. He was mm -hmm. never treated, yeah. you know, because he couldn't deal with what he had seen and what had happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of that got overlooked because, again, well, you fought good and uh, you were a good guy. I know you're hurt, but, yeah. hey, you know, um, hopefully you'll, you know, just forget it and move on with life. Yeah. There really wasn't any treatment for it. Yeah. And uh, John Ford, I think, or no, Houston, John Houston, I think, made a movie uh, about PTSD. They called it Shell Shock back then. Oh, yeah, yeah. And. It's a, a film that actually, when he did it in 1945, at the end of the war, 46, um, it was actually shelved. It wasn't shown for 40 mm. years because they were, it showed it. Well, first of all, it was integrated, you know, it had yeah. all races of, uh, of mm. men who had served and it showed them in their getting help, uh, talking mm. to a psychologist and being yeah. treated for what they, and these, some of them really looked gone. You know, mm. they looked yeah. like. Wow, you'd see a picture of them before the war, yeah, and then see a a picture three years later, and it's like, yeah, 
wow, they're gone. I can't imagine. Yeah. That's, that's why when I see the now the ghost ship thing like this is going to hopefully make people look it up. Yeah, and maybe so. you know because if you fail to remember history, you're doomed to repeat it. If we don't Very remember true. that evil exists and evil will do evil, mm-hmm. we're going to allow crazy evil mad people to do this again mm-hmm. well and we can't they're doing actually they're doing it right now they're just right. not using weapons of war life radio.fm it is the mark and mac show and what, what? who what? I, well i was okay colorado softball team and you yeah. know what i immediately thought of what the Colorado girls baseball team that uh, was coached by Phil Necro. I'm not kidding. <laughs> they, were, wow. they were called the Silver Bullets. And that's what I think of when I see Colorado team. For whatever reason, I'm picturing Phil Necro. And it's like, I know it's top of mind because the Braves are in the World Series right now. And I'm yeah. thinking a lot about the Braves and past heroic Braves. And right, yeah. Phil Necro is one of my heroes. I loved him. I loved okay. his pitching. Gotcha. So that's where all that comes from. So anyway, <laughs> tell me about the Colorado softball team. All right. This Colorado softball team is believed to be the oldest such team in the country with players ranging from their 50s to their 90s. The the Colorado Peaches, it's a a ladies team founded in 1991, features more than 50 players, many of whom are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. Player Fran Simon told KMGH-TV, the team is believed to be the oldest team in the country. The Peaches took the silver medal last year at the World Senior Games Tournament in Utah. They didn't earn a medal at this year's event, but they did win a game against the team that went on to claim the gold. Um, player Maggie McCloskey, she's 90, says, even if we didn't, don't win, we win. The big thing is to be a worthy opponent. Ms. McCloskey said uh, the team almost disbanded in 2012 when about half the players quit after deciding they were too old. Uh-huh. McCloskey said the remaining uh, members were able to rebuild the team after recruiting Gail Clock as their coach. Clock died in March, and the players now wear her number, 23, on their sleeves. McCloskey says, I miss her as a friend. We actually built this together. Team members said positivity is more important than victory. Quote, our purpose is to empower senior women to grow physically, mentally, and spiritually by contributing time and effort, developing camaraderie in the spirit of play. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And especially, you know what? When you can create a win, I mean, oh yeah. When you're, you know, when you can create a win out of just waking up in the morning, uh-huh. you win. You know, that's right. Absolutely. Like, if, if I'm 90 and I wake up, yeah. I'm good. I won. You know, oh, I get to play ball. Oh, hey. I woke up. I already won the game of life. I, hey, I'd buy tickets to watch him play. I would. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.